What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host for today, Simon Villanos, back at it with another request episode. And today we got a good number of players, both in-state and one out-of-state. And so let's just jump right into it. Uh, Today we got Joey Beckner, the defensive end from Holyoke High School here in Colorado. Lucas Moran from Pueblo West High School here in Colorado. Uh, James Thomas, the linebacker from Bryden High School in Colorado. And then last but not least, we got our one out-of-state guy here. We got Xavier Green, the running back from Westside High School up in Georgia. So we got a pretty diverse group of uh, players here, I would say. You know, I think all of them actually, except for one, are seniors. And that's that's Xavier Green, who's not a senior. He is a junior. But, you know, a lot of these guys, they are a little underrated in some ways. But without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into it. So coming up next, we got Lucas Moran from Pueblo West High School. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Lucas Moran from Pueblo West. He is the 6'2", 235-pound defensive end, like I said, from Pueblo West High School in Colorado. He is currently committed to CSU Pueblo. And so Lucas is somebody who's actually been on my personal radar for a minute here. Whenever we were doing uh, breakdowns and talking about our top five defensive linemen in the state, Lucas Moran was definitely uh, up there. Didn't make the top five, obviously, but he was an honorable mention. And so this is kind of an opportunity to talk about him more so Lucas Moran is somebody who is a very interesting prospect I would say he's somebody who has a lot of potential you see the frame at 6'2 235 and I could believe he's 6'2 235 that's a d1 frame in my opinion um there are a lot of guys who would kill to have that height and weight and you know Lucas in general is just a very athletic player for somebody his size and so the raw abilities the things that you want to see on paper I would say are there for Lucas Moran you know you got the height you got the weight you got good athletic you know what more could you ask for out of a defensive lineman but you know we'll talk about I guess some areas of improvement slash things that may be holding him uh, back from getting that D1 offer at least well before he committed to CSU Pueblo let's go ahead and talk about his strengths though so I already said it you know great frame great athleticism he's pretty quick on his feet and has a great first step in my opinion uh, great vision into the backfield too. You know he'll be quick at in and out of cuts when chasing down a running back. He's very agile. You know he's somebody who could you you could honestly just let loose and he'll go get him. Right? He'll stop the play. He'll stop the run. And he just flows to the ball very well. He has good instincts there. He also has some pretty strong hands. There are times where he can't properly engage a um, running back or a ball carrier, and so. Um, he has to use his hands and that's football you know sometimes you're not always going to be able to make a fundamentally sound tackle but you know Lucas does have very strong hands and it's very rare that you'll see somebody escape one of his tackles he's also uh, he has some pretty good decision making I would say slash instincts I think that really plays a role into his ability to flow to the ball and stop the play and disrupt the play uh, for sure but you could definitely tell that he, you know, does his film work and he, he's in the film room. Either that or he's just naturally, you know, gifted and he just knows where the ball is going to go. 
Either way though, those are the positives and those are a pretty good amount of positives I would say for Lucas Moran. You know, he's just a very all-around solid kind of defensive lineman slash potentially an outside linebacker that you like out there. You know, he's, he's a dog for sure. But let's talk about some of the things that kind of pushed him towards a D2 or accepting an offer from a D2 in CSU Pueblo, which is stacking their program, by the way. And they're getting a good one in Lucas Moran. But let's talk about some of those areas of improvement. So just in general, he's he has a lot of good ability, but I would say he's just very raw in a lot of different places. Like you could see the potential there and there are plenty of flashes, but it just doesn't happen enough. And that's kind of a problem because, you know, Obviously, college coaches, they want to get the best of the best, and the best of the best are consistent. And so here's some things that we feel like we, as in me and Mason Austin, one of our scouts for our defensive and offensive linemen, quick shout out to him real quick before I move on here. But, you know, here's some things that we really want him to get more consistent at. So number one, he doesn't always take the best angles, I would say. Um mason put down here actually overcommits uh to the tackle and could get out of position at times so there you go and then angles as well you know they some are okay some could definitely be improved but we just got to see a little bit more consistency there lucas is also pretty good at you know using his hands and being a good pass rusher and efficient block shutter as well but there are definitely times where it's just not as clean as you'd like like you could see him trying to do what he wants but his hands are just a tad bit slow and so he just gets tangled up and so I'd, we'd like to see a little bit more precision on his pass rushing moves and whatnot like just don't don't throw out a move out there just to do it you know uh, take your time on it be a little bit more patient obviously we know lucas is a pretty fast and uh, strong player for somebody at his size but you know it does pay off to have a little bit more patience and maybe not rattle off a pass rush move as quickly as possible make sure you do it right so there you go uh when engaging in tackles he does uh tackle a little high you know he needs to lower his hips but you do see this at times where you know he tackles correctly and he has great form and whatnot but you know th this is just something that we see kind of a bit and it's part of his inconsistencies here and then last but not least he does kind of lead with uh his head at times when tackling which isn't the biggest deal that could be uh, fixed pretty easily here Altogether, though honestly i did at the time before uh lucas committed so before all that and then while we were making the top five defensive lineman list at least out of the class of 21 these were a lot of the same uh worries and concerns i had about lucas i still felt like he was potentially a borderline d1 player not fbs but like an fcs type of guy with the potential to maybe transfer up um, but I like the idea of him going to CSU Pueblo actually first off because you know He's gonna stay at home. So that's always good second off. He'll get some good exposure You know playing lights out there. Well if he does play lights out there for CSU Pueblo and so Really for Lucas, you know, we just want to see uh, him kind of pull it together a little bit more here Lucas is probably somebody who could have benefited from a I guess from a From a longer season 
just because the shorter season, you know, it, it kind of felt like he was struggling to get going a little bit there, and then he did get going at times, and uh, it, I don't know. I think if he had a longer season, he would have figured it out. You know, you would have seen a lot of the consistencies and things that I'm talking about now get ironed out eventually, and he'd be good. It wouldn't be a worry, but I do think he's in a good spot here at CSU Pueblo. Honestly, he could probably start day one, but... He will need to refine some certain things here, especially, you know, those angles and, you know, having a little bit more precision when using pass rush slash block shedding moves here. But nothing a full offseason could, you know, help him work on. So uh, I don't I don't doubt that he could get those fixed up and help CSU Pueblo make a run for that national championship here. If he does do that and he's successful, honestly, even if he stays at CSU Pueblo all four years or three years or whatever he does and has a great career there, there might actually be a path to the NFL here or to some sort of professional football. We can't rule that out either. Um, but we'll just have to see. I like a lot of what I saw from Lucas Moran. I just didn't think he was as polished as a lot of the other defensive linemen on our top five list. But either way, shout out to Lucas Moran. Congratulations uh, for committing to CSU Pueblo. I believe he liked a couple of the Playmakers Corner stuff very early on. So he's kind of been rocking with us for a minute here, I believe. But um there you go. Shout out to him. You know, we wish him all the best over there. Coming up next, though, we're going to stay in the state of Colorado and actually stay on the defensive line and talk about Joey Beckner coming up next. All right, welcome back. So let's go ahead and talk about Joey Beckner, the 6'4", 220-pound defensive end from Holyoke High School. I believe he was the sack leader for this last season in Colorado. He had 15 sacks as a senior. And so Joey Beckner is an interesting prospect. So Holyoke High School, for those of you who don't know where that is or what that is, it is a 1A school in the 1A division here in Colorado. But Joey Beckner still dominated for them and honestly terrorized uh, this 1A level here because there just weren't anybody here to, to block him, if I'm being completely honest, you know, at 6'4", 220 and having some, you know, obviously he has to be some sort of athletic to have 15 sacks. He wrecked this league. Like I said, 15 sacks, that's something that cannot be overlooked, especially during a COVID era. You know, there, there are not a lot of games that he's playing in. So there you go. I, I think his production kind of speaks for himself there. So with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of the positives here. So obviously he has a great frame for a teenager, 6'4", 220, I believe it, maybe even a little bit heavier. And he could probably even grow into that frame a little bit more, become more of a 4-3 defensive end or more of a D1, I guess, at least frame and weight level uh, defensive end here. But we'll see. Uh, he also has a very long arms and there are flashes where he just uses his long arms well. You know, he doesn't let an offensive lineman get all into him and win leverage you know he uses arm to his long arms to maneuver around offensive linemen and make big plays or make the right football play which matters just as well Beckner also has a great and high motor he never really gives up on the play 
there are, in my opinion, plenty of plays where the quarterback has a lot of time. But, you know, you could rely on Joey to eventually clean it up because he's going to keep battling. He's somebody who's not going to give up. And he's going to do his best to make that right play and um, make plays for a defense. He really was an anchor for this Holyoke team here. Uh, at least this last season he was. His sideline to sideline speed. Uh, it's solid, you know, he has shown that he could chase down running backs and beat them to the sideline at times, so that's always good to see. He's a very fundamentally sound tackler, wraps up pretty well. It's pretty rare that you see anybody uh, break his tackles at all, so that's definitely a plus. But, you know what, let's kind of talk about some of the areas of improvement slash concerns here for Joey Beckner. So, Joey, just like Lucas, was another guy that me and Cody both considered for our top five defensive linemen, uh, seniors, that is, in the state of Colorado. But we couldn't put him on there. First off, because he plays 1A ball. And so, whenever you play 1A ball, unless you're in Texas or in a very deep, like, football state, I would say, there's always going to be a concern about the physicality and the type of competition you're going up against and so i think this is definitely something that a lot of people are going to be keeping in mind here a lot of college scouts are going to be keeping in mind when uh scouting joey beckner he is going against some smaller players and it's pretty obvious that you see that in the film in addition though even though he is playing 1a football he just did not blow off a lot of blockers off the line um and this could mean a couple of things. It could mean he's not particularly super explosive or his strength is a little lacking or, you know, there are just great blockers out there. But it is definitely concerning that he could not just obliterate some of the guys in front of him. He definitely seemed like he was struggling at times. In addition, you know, he just kind of lacks some pass rush skills and moves. You really even which is crazy. Here's the crazy part. Even though he got 15 sacks, you really didn't see this guy, you know, use a wide variety of pass rush skills or really that many pass rush skills in general. A lot of his sacks were just him chasing down the quarterback or him, you know, running around the guy or um, working his way around a couple guys after shoving them a little bit. And that's a little concerning to me. It's not the biggest deal, though. Those could be refined, especially with that frame. You know, there are a lot of coaches that look at him and be like, OK. I could work with somebody that's 6'4", 220, no problem. Um, and a lot of D1 coaches, D2, D3 coaches will see him uh, that way. But it is concerning that he doesn't have a lot of pass rushing skills or moves here. And so I'd definitely like to see him work on work on something, you know, whether it's a rip, a sidestep, a little spin, bull rush, whatever. I'd like to see him work on, a, on his pass rushing moves and have kind of a variety at his disposal so there you go um his reaction time as well could probably use some work he i think he could also be a little bit better at coming off the ball if possible his first step isn't exactly super impressive whereas where you watch you know some of the top defensive linemen in the state like an arden walker their first step is insane and so i do think his first step is kind of lacking and he could definitely work on that a little bit there uh, i'd also like to see him just work on getting faster hands and using his hands a little bit better to win leverage there's a lot of times he is losing leverage and he's just getting stood up but because he's so big he's not exactly getting blown off the ball so there you go and then i have to throw this out there but he may be a one-year wonder but that doesn't 
mean that there's not a lot of potential here because there is a lot of potential here 64220 with the kind of production he has most years outside of the covid year that would be enough to garner some sort of scholarship somewhere or some sort of d1 offer or preferred walk-on somewhere but it is covid and roster spots are limited and so let's go ahead and hop into outlook here joey beckner is committed to the colorado school of mines uh for football that is obviously i had to i had to do some digging for that it wasn't exactly easy to find but he will be playing at the colorado school of mines i actually think that's an excellent spot for him uh that's a pretty solid d2 i want to say and so that's not bad at all i think they could definitely develop him they've developed a good number of players before and so I think they could develop Beckner into kind of a defensive monster or into a similar defensive presence um, as he was with uh, Holyoke here. And so I'm really excited to see him play there. I think this is probably a good spot for him. Other spots I would have liked to see him go to are probably a Juco or, you know, maybe walk on somewhere that could give him some time to develop. Because I do think at 6'4", 220, you can't teach that. And then, you know, with that motor and his hardworking ability, you really can't teach that either. You could try to instill it, but it does take time. And so all those things kind of result in him having a very high ceiling and being somebody who could potentially be a formidable force on a lot of different defenses. And so um, Colorado School of Mines, they're getting a stud here in Joey Beckner. And so... I wish him all the best of luck. If I'm being completely honest, he really just needs to get faster in general, and then I'd be very happy with where he's at. But that's that's about it. So, Joey, if you're listening to this, uh, work on your speed and agility and all that, or continue continue to do that if you already are. But coming up next, we're going to continue to stay in the state of Colorado, but we're going to move over to linebacker in James Thomas. All right, welcome back to the podcast. So let's go ahead and hop right into it. So James Thomas, he's a 6'1", 190-pound middle linebacker, tight end, kicker, slash punter for Bryden High School. He is a senior. Right off the bat, you know, he just does a lot for this Bryden team. As a kicker and punter, you know, he's pretty good. Not going to lie, he's pretty good. Um, I'm just going to be completely honest here. I'm no expert as a kicker or a punter especially in evaluations and stuff like that. I mean, I guess I could kind of eyeball it, but he does seem to be a good one, and he could probably walk on to a couple D1s and contribute right away, hopefully. It just depends the D1, you know, because each D1, uh, or really just each program, has different preferences and stuff like that when it comes to their kickers and punters. But it's really good that he could do all of these things because it means that he's not just a kicker or punter out there that can't tackle or you know can't cover or do any of that stuff he's versatile and as we preach on this podcast versatility could be the saving grace for a lot of players especially during the COVID-19 era so let's go ahead and jump into it so um, I'm gonna talk about him mostly as a middle linebacker that's where we got a lot of his snaps there and that's where I think he could actually succeed on the next level somewhere at middle linebacker if he doesn't go on as a kicker or punter but let's go ahead and talk about it so right off the bat you know he has great speed you know he's very athletic he'll shut down runs pretty well especially outside runs you know he's fast enough to uh, cover sideline to sideline and then he definitely has good enough instincts to you know go ahead and stop the run right up the middle and he's not afraid to get physical either but we'll talk about that in 
in a minute here. But anyways, back to his speed and agility. He's just athletic. You know, he's the type of guy that a lot of coaches are going to be looking for because they are kind of plug-and-play guys because of their good athleticism, you know. Maybe mentally and whatnot with some of the plays and other little stuff there, he's not quite there. But, you know, if you have an athletic guy who has a good nose for the ball, then, you know, that kind of makes it easy to just unleash him and let him do his thing. Speaking of letting him do his thing, you know, he is a hard hitter and he could definitely lay the wood. Um, you know, there are a couple of linebackers that we've covered who, you know, they're solid tacklers and they do a good job. But, you know, James Thomas is definitely a headhunter and he will set the tone right away with a big time hit, especially if it's an open space. He's shown time and time again, he could be a tone setter. And that's something that you love to have out of a middle linebacker. Like I said, he does flow to the ball pretty well. Shows great instincts, either great instincts or he's just really good at studying his film and studying opposing offenses because, you know, especially against the run, he's just there. He's doing his thing and he's flying all around the field and that's what you love to see. Um, let me talk about him a little bit as, as a kicker and punter. So I believe there's potential there. You could probably walk on somewhere, um, probably a D1. It just depends. But you could probably walk on somewhere and earn a spot, potentially even earn a scholarship. He does have a pretty strong leg, and especially on some of his punts, he's shown that he could be pretty accurate and cough and kick it or let it bounce inside the 20. He has that talent there, and, you know, special teams, it's that third part of football, right? You got your offense, your defense, and special teams, and so, you know, that's definitely an important part of most football I guess game plans and whatnot and so if you have a punter that could pin him deep and has a great leg you know that's the kind of guy you want as well as a kicker who could kick pretty long field goals because James Thomas was doing that over at Brighton so all positives you know he's very versatile athletic those are kind of things that you like to see out of next level players uh, I'm not going to talk about D1 D2 yet but I will here after I talk about some areas of concerns here but I think the first area of concern I really have is that he just has a D2 frame right now coming out of high school. He is listed at 6'1", 190. For me, that's just honestly a little bit too light. Um, in general, I like my linebackers to be at least 200 pounds if I want to consider them for the D1 level. If they're not 200 pounds, they have to have elite speed. I don't think James Thomas has elite speed. Um, not quite elite speed that is he has a very good speed but there's definitely a difference there and so his frame is concerning ideally I'd love for him to put on a couple pounds if he could get to the 215 maybe even 210 range I would feel very comfortable calling him a D1 type of guy but as of right now I think he still has room to grow into his frame um, don't doubt he could not do it but you know that's definitely my biggest concern as of right now the thing that is I think that's the thing that is holding him back the most right now. In addition, to a lesser scale, I am a little worried about him in pass coverage. He, to his credit, has shown some potential in zone and man, but I would like to see him work on it a little bit more, especially his footwork. I like to see smoother footwork because I do think he could be an excellent man-to-man -man cover guy. Like You could throw him on a tight end or on a running back or whatever, and he could do his thing there. Um, but you gotta have the footwork for that. You gotta have the awareness for that. And so I'd like to see him work on his pass coverage, both in man and zone, just in general. But I think a man, if he could prioritize working on that so sort of coverage first, that would do him a lot of good because it definitely 
you know helps your value if you could go man-to-man 101 with uh, some of the bigger tight ends and be able to match their speed and physicality and all that uh, that's something that a lot of college coaches look out look for in a linebacker and I think James Thomas could eventually do that it's just gonna take some polishing and some fine-tuning to get there in addition, I would also like to see him develop a little bit more as a pass rusher. I do understand that he played mostly middle linebacker, but, you know, it's never a bad thing to be able to have pass rushing and block shedding moves, you know, throwing a spin, rip, uh, all those great stuff in there. I'd like to see him have a go-to pass rushing move or have a couple moves in his arsenal that he could pull out because I just didn't see a lot of that for the most part. It was just him being more athletic than the O-line and the blockers and just making a big play. But I would like to see him do that so he could add another dimension to his game. And then lastly, I'm going to come back to this again, that is, but I would like to see him get stronger. Uh, the frame definitely worries me and you know in his film I just didn't see him take on a lot of linemen head-on and that kind of makes me nervous it's not a bad thing to be a smart player that's not a bad thing at all but if you can't take on offensive linemen like that I do question his strength and all that stuff and so he could definitely get a little bit bigger anyways so if he could get stronger and be able to shuck some of those defense or sorry not defensive linemen some of those offensive linemen around that would be great and I think he could really take his game to the next level with that combined speed and strength if he was able to do that. All of that being said, as of today, February 18th, um, and we're going to talk about Outlook here, but as of today, February 18th, James Thomas does not have an offer or a commitment to a college yet. Well, I don't know about offer, but he hasn't committed to a college yet. That's the big point here. Uh, I'm looking at his Twitter. He's actually listed at 200, which isn't bad, um, but I'd still like for him to put on some weight. I don't know if I quite believe that yet. But, you know, I do think he's somebody who could potentially be a D1 guy. But if he really wants to get the most out of his playing days and, you know, really maximize his potential, I would kind of actually recommend him going to a Juco first. Uh, that way he could, you know, put on some weight, add more to his film, and then eventually get a D1 offer. Because I do think he's someone who could eventually go D1 if he puts on some weight. Because he has excellent speed, you know. And at that size and frame, he could definitely grow into it. But it's going to take some time, and he's going to have to refine some other parts of his game for him to earn that D1 offer. If he gets a D2 or a D3, I think, you know, it, he should definitely consider it, but I do think he's somebody who can go D1. It's just going to take some time, and if he was to go to Juco, I'd probably recommend staying the full two years so he could really reach his potential there, um, and that's as a middle linebacker. As a kicker, I mean, you never know. He could probably go D1 and walk on somewhere, but, you know, obviously that situation is less guaranteed, so it's up to him. Obviously, we wish him all the best of luck moving forward. You know, he did actually get to play with Zane Hood uh, on that Bryden team, who, by the way, just committed to Black Hill State, so congrats to him. And I think that did him a lot of good playing with a guy like that because he got some exposure, but, you know, it is a COVID era, so it's just unfortunate that he didn't get to play in more games and whatnot as well. Or, you know, just show off that he could play at that weight at a very high level for a longer period of time so there you go but either way best of luck to him coming up next we got our last player he's our out-of-state guy for this episode Xavier Green 
What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. So we're on our last prospect here in Xavier Green, the 5'8", 160-pound running back from Westside High School uh, up in Georgia. So I got to go ahead and jump into the positives here because Xavier Green might actually be one of the fastest guys we've done a breakdown on. I won't say he is the fastest because there are a couple <laughs> very explosive and fast players we've done breakdowns on, such as a Miles Purchase. But, you know, Xavier Green has elite speed. He's a speedster running back who honestly can be extremely electric in open space. This is the type of guy that you have to get down at the line of scrimmage or he's going to burn you and burn you badly. On his huddle, he did list uh, 4-4 speed, I believe, and I actually believe it. He might actually be a little bit faster, to be honest. Um, he, he has a lot of juice on him, and he has super quick feet to go with it. And so, in open space, he's somebody that you gotta break down on. You know, you can't be caught uh, staring at his feet or anything else. You gotta be disciplined when tackling this guy, because if you don't, then he might be gone. So... There you go. He also does have excellent vision. Um, even though he does have great speed, and this is something you see a lot of coaches do with speedster running backs, they'll have them, you know, get out in open space and bounce the bounce the play out and whatnot and have outside type of runs. Well, with Xavier, he's somebody who could definitely run in between the tackles, and he's a tough runner. He has a lot of fight in him when going between the tackles, especially. And so you really can't underestimate him there either because, you know, if he sees an opening, he's gone. And that vision, you know, it's definitely elite in my opinion. And he makes a lot of great cuts and stuff that help his blockers out and help himself out in the long run as well. He could also catch the ball a little bit in open space, you know, and that's that's a good thing that he could catch the ball. That means he could be kind of a change of pace or even a receiving back type. I think he did list that he played slot wide receiver as well, and so that's always good to have that versatility there. And then, like I said, he's just a running back that can be a home run hitter or a great change of pace running back. I mean, you really got to pick your poison there. But with all of that being said, as dynamic and as explosive as Xavier Green is, there are definitely some areas of concerns, and most of these, I would say, are things that he can't completely control, at least right now. Uh, first off, his frame. He's only 5'8", 160. He has great speed and especially great foot speed, I would say, but... He's just, I don't know, he's just not as big as you'd like, you know, your typical D1 running back to be. Um, I could see a lot of college coaches looking at that and being like, eh, I don't know, is he a running back or could we move him to receiver or I don't know. And that unknown, you know, that could definitely turn off some coaches depending on the coach. So there you go. Uh, along with that, this definitely relates to his frame. There are probably some concerns about his strength. I personally am very concerned about his strength. You know, some college coaches may not believe he is not strong enough to play D1, but it does depend what they are looking for. Um, there are some guys, you know, who will take on those smaller running backs who could be big-time change of pace guys or great receivers. But it's definitely a concern when you don't exactly see Xavier Green breaking a lot of tackles when guys actually get their hands on him. Which is rare that they do get their hands on him, but you know when that does happen, chances are they'll bring him down because they're strong enough. And so he can improve this by getting his legs stronger and being able to break more arm tackles because he was arm tackled quite a bit at times or tripped up. I mean, either way. Um, 
There you go. But he's somebody that I think could definitely benefit from getting stronger legs. At least, you know, upper body, I could live with him maybe not being as strong and, you know, not having the nasty stiff arm. But if his legs could get stronger and, you know, he could actually break through those arm tackles, he could definitely swing a D1 scholarship. Um, potentially. Potentially. And then lastly, I think this is something that would really help him out, actually. But uh, it would help him out a lot if he polished his receiving skills altogether and became a better route runner and good off the press. Because I can see some college coaches looking at him and being like, ah, I don't know if he's actually a running back. But I can see him being an excellent slot receiver, somebody who's dynamic in open space, who's tough, who will do all the right things. And so I could definitely see Xavier Green maybe more as a wide receiver on the next level, or maybe even as a receiving a running back. But to do all that stuff, at least on the D1 level, which I do think he has some potential and talent for it, um, he has to polish those wide receiving skills. And so route running altogether, I need to see crisp routes. In general, I didn't see a whole bunch of routes in general like a wide variety and so if you could work on those that would be great and then i think if i was a college coach i would definitely be concerned um about putting him on the outside because he might get pressed against longer wide receivers and whatnot and so if he can find a way to get strong enough to at least fight off that press and show that he could play outside potentially as well that would be excellent Altogether, I think Xavier Green is extremely talented, and you know, for him to do what he does in the state of Georgia, with his, which is a very tough football state, is extremely impressive to me. You know, I love the speed, I love the quick feet, he honestly might have the quickest feet out of any player that we've done a breakdown here on the podcast and i'm very confident in saying of that but you know with the elite speed and vision it makes him dangerous and there are a lot of college coaches that will look at this guy and be like you know what he may not be a three down type of running back or a full-time starter but he's somebody that we could definitely use on special teams and he could um, rotate in on offense whenever we need a big time play or something like that because you really can't teach speed um at least top end speed and so that's definitely one of his biggest strengths here and that's something that'll naturally attract a lot of college coaches when they see a guy who's a tough runner playing in a tough football state like georgia with excellent speed and agility if he was here in colorado he'd probably be one of the top running backs in the state to be honest with you but it is colorado football so maybe some college scouts won't see that as that impressive as him doing his thing um in georgia and so best of luck to xavier green obviously he's invited onto the show whenever he can best do it uh and we wish him all the best of luck he is class of 22 so he does have one more year actually which is really good for him but that'll wrap up this episode of the playmakers corner podcast remember if you want to request a player make sure you drop their name position what high school or town they're from and then if you could link their huddle film or list the class they're in that would be excellent because we will be doing more out-of-state players personally i'll probably do at least one out-of-state player per request episode just because uh we are getting a lot of them and so we want to get all of y'all in here and as always our colorado guys y'all always be uh one of our priorities here at the playmakers corner but make sure to show us some love on tiktok facebook instagram twitter if you are listening to this give us a good rating on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you're listening to us and thank you for rocking with us and you know what cody will be back on wednesday with another request episode